0: Welcome to the Get Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Liz Magabro, and I'm obsessed with all things writing, creativity, and telling your stories in your authentic voice, because I believe a good story can change the world. Ever since I was a little girl with my nose in a book, I dreamed of being an author. I wanted to see my books in bookstores everywhere. I wanted to talk about books. I wanted to soak up everything about the craft. My celebrity crushes were mostly authors. And I could feel in my bones that the writer's life was my destiny. Fast forward to today. Along with my alter ego Kate Conti, I'm an Agatha Award-nominated best-selling author with three mystery series. But it wasn't all smooth sailing along the way. I experienced many setbacks, crushing self-doubt, a lot of career detours, and I even lost my voice a few times when I let the world get in my way. Until I learned that writing was so much more than just a skill set you learned and developed over time. It's also an inside job that flourishes when you heal all the wounds that are stifling your creativity, which is no easy task. So if you're a writer of any kind, or if you've always wanted to write but aren't sure where to start, this is the place for you, my friend. We're gonna talk about all things writing process, craft, strategies to help you get writing and stay writing, the daunting world of agents, editors, and publishing, And because I'm using my authentic voice, I'm gonna throw in a little woo-woo for you too. So let's get writing, shall we? Podcast. I'm your host, Liz McAvro, and today we're pivoting a little bit to talk about marketing. So writers are always wearing multiple hats, right? And one of the hats we wear most often is the marketing hat. When we're not writing the books, we have to be talking about the books, getting people interested in the books, getting them to buy the books, all of the things. And we're doing this all over the place. So chances are, if we're not doing this, our readers aren't going to find them, even if we do have the help of our publishers which many people don't, right? If you're self-published or if you're not a huge name, you're not getting a ton of that marketing behind you. So a lot of it is left up to us. And we spend a ton of time on social media, on newsletters, you know, at book signings and conferences and talking to people. But how many of you writers are paying attention to search engine optimization? So also known as SEO, search engine optimization is about improving unpaid traffic to your website from search engines through keywords and backlinks and multiple ways that you can enhance your traffic, which can lead to more people finding you, which obviously leads to more sales. So my guest today is Brandon Leibowitz of SEO Optimizers, and he is full of tips on how authors can enhance their online presence with SEO. So we get to talk about how you set up your website for success, what backlinks are. I know I mentioned those before and you might be saying, what the heck, what does she mean by that? We talk about what they are, why you need them, how to get them. We talk about how to find the right keywords to sell your books, how to implement SEO in your social media, and so much more. So if you're an author looking to get more eyes in sales for your books, you definitely want to listen to this. Um, I really enjoyed this conversation with Brandon. He's very knowledgeable. He knows what he's talking about. Um and i think you're going to find it helpful and he's also offering a free master class on seo so you can find that in the show notes and hopefully this will get you started thinking about more ways you can optimize your website and your social media and get more people buying your books and isn't that what we all want so without further ado here's brandon hey brandon welcome to the podcast thanks for having me on today yeah, I'm really excited about this because you know authors are always looking for new ways to market themselves. And I think a lot of authors, you know, really think about social media marketing and you know promoting their books. but i I don't think a lot of them give a lot of thought to SEO and how that works. So I'm kind of coming at this from in my day job. I'm a marketer. I um, have run content teams, so I'm pretty familiar with SEO, certainly not an expert still trying to figure it out, but at least I have kind of a basic understanding. But for those who don't, can you explain what it is and what it means to your marketing efforts?
1: So SEO is search engine optimization, which means ranking websites and the different search engines, which nowadays is primarily Google. So when you're searching on Google, there's ads at the top. Those are all paid ads. Right below the ads are the organic, the free listings. And that's what SEO is all about, is getting you in those free listings. There's 10 spots on that first page of Google that are the free ones, and we're just trying to get you ranked up there. But it's not just websites that rank nowadays. When you search on Google, images appear, maps appear, there might be videos. All that stuff is random. It might appear, it might not appear, but best practices, optimize all that. So if you're a local business, definitely want to get you on Google Maps and try to rank you for that. But all your images on your website, want to optimize those images, If you have any videos, you want to try to optimize those because if someone searches for your keywords and you have your website ranked there and then you also have an image, that just doubles the chances of somebody finding you. So really try to get as much free real estate as possible on that first page of Google without spending money on paid ads.
0: So that sounds really great. So how do people do that?
1: It's not really one-size-fits-all. It depends on what type of business you are. There's over 200 ranking factors, so like your local business, then you want to target more like maps and things like that versus if you're e-commerce, you want to start ranking those products. But in general, the more important things are content, so text. Google really feeds off text. They don't really understand images or videos yet. They're getting better at it, but they rely heavily on content. The more text you have on your website, on every page on your website, not just the homepage, but every page needs text, the easier it is for search search engines to read, understand, and really know what that page is about. So don't hold back. The more content you put on there, the better offer you're going to be, and also the more pages, the better, because each page can only target about a couple keywords. After that, it kind of loses relevancy, so the more pages you have on your website, the more keywords you can target, and then just making sure all those pages have content helps Google understand that. But unfortunately, Google just doesn't care what you put on a website because they don't believe anything that you put out there because they just don't trust yeah. too many people check Google over the years. so. You have to build trust, and the way to build trust is by getting what are called backlinks, getting other websites to talk about you. The more websites that talk about you, the more trust Google is going to give to you, and then they look at those keywords on your website. But it doesn't work the other way around. If you don't build backlinks, Google's not going to trust you, and they're not going to rank you. And what is a backlink? A backlink is a clickable link from another website that points to yours. So let's say you're reading an article on latimes.com, And there it says Brandon Lee Boots. You click on it and it goes to my website. I'd be getting a backlink from the latimes.com. So the more websites that talk about you with clickable links, the more trust Google's going to give to you and the higher they're going to rank you.
0: So, what if you're um, a new writer? You're just starting out. You've, you know, let's say your first book is just coming out. So, you you know, not a lot of people are talking about you yet. Um, You've got a website, um, but you're, you know, you're writing a murder mystery. And so your keywords are going to be similar to a lot of, you know, similar murder mysteries. So how do you make yourself stand out in a, in a case like that?
1: It's all about those backlinks. So trying to just figure out how can I get backlinks? And that's where, if you're working with a publisher, you could see if they would post about you on their website. Maybe you give out your book to free for people to read and hopefully write a review on their website, kind of like influencer marketing. But it's all about just kind of getting creative, doing like PR, doing like a press release potentially to let people know about the book because that will get you backlinks. And really the best way is spying your competition. There's tools, you have to pay for them, but these tools will show you any website's backlinks. The more popular ones would be like Ahrefs or Moz or SEMrush, but using these tools, you can search on Google, murder mystery book, see who's on that first page of Google, make note of all those websites, throw them into those different tools and you can see all their backlinks. And then one by one, start reaching out to those sites. You can pretty much reverse engineer and see their entire strategy. You can see what they did that they maybe like partnered up with, like Barnes and Noble, or what they do to get these backlinks to get exposure. Maybe they went like a, on a book tour or they like got libraries to mention them. But it's all about kind of getting creative and trying to figure out what did your competitors do, how did they get those backlinks, and how do I get similar sites to link out to me
0: hmm, that's really helpful i like that okay so and we're going to put the links to the um, tools that brendan's mentioning in the show notes so don't worry um all right so how can authors conduct that keyword research if they're you know so starting starting point is building their website right so how should they best conduct that keyword research to you know identify the most relevant keywords for their content given that the top ones are going to be again murder you know (laughs) mystery that kind of thing so how do you stand out
1: yeah that's where i mean you want to be more niche so the more broad and general your keywords are the more competitive they're going to be so murder mystery very broad in general A lot of people are probably searching for it, but those people searching for it, do they really want to read your murder mystery book? Because you might have like a romance murder mystery, or you might have some other one where it's like a different twist, and you really want to make sure that whatever someone's searching for, that you're going to be the most relevant. So having a romance murder mystery, less people are going to be searching for it. But the people searching for it, they want something that's all about romance and murder mystery. Then you could even like put at the end like novel or short story or book and it's all about really you know, looking at your competition. So the nice thing about digital yeah. marketing is you can just go into Google, search for your keywords see so you on that first page of Google for your keywords and skip over the ads but whoever's on that first page of Google in the organic results, you can see the blue clickable link. That's called the SEO title tag and that's where everyone puts their keywords. So you can just search on Google and you can probably look at Amazon. You can look at all these big companies and see exactly how they're writing. Are they writing murder mystery books, murder mystery book, singular or plural? It's gonna have a big difference in search volume. Like murder mystery books mm-hmm. might get 10,000 people searching for it a month versus murder mystery book might only get 1,000 people searching for it every single month. It's a big difference between synonym or singular, plural, synonyms. So if you wanna do keyword research, find your competitors, and then use these tools. There's a lot of free tools out there or paid tools, but the free one is from Google. It's called the Google Keyword Planner and you could throw all your keywords in there and you could see murder mystery book. How many searches does that get a month murder mystery novel? How many does that get and so on and so on. And that's where you can really figure out, all right, what's the best keyword? Cause you want you want to target keywords that are at least two or more words. You don't want to just target one word or two words are really general and broad. And it's going to be very competitive, especially if you're new it's going to be a lot tougher. But if you're more established and you've built up some trust and you've had a website for a long time, then you'll try to rank for those more competitive keywords. But a new website, it's really tough to rank for any keyword. You have to build trust up and it takes time. So going for what are called long tail keywords, it's going to be the better strategy.
0: Okay. And what was the tool you mentioned? Uh, the free one? The free Google? It's one?
1: the Google Keyword Planner. It's a free okay. tool okay. from Google. And there's lots of paid tools out there, but Google's going to give you a free tool, so use a free one. You
0: may as well use it.
1: Yeah, the paid ones, basically, are taking all the data from Google and making it look prettier and nicer, so it's a little bit easier to read. But, I mean, if you're just starting off, then I don't think you really need to use these paid tools. Google's Keyword Planner is sufficient. Unless you have, like, a company that's sponsoring you or paying for these tools, then for sure, yeah, use some of them. But in general, Google Keyword Planner is going to do the job.
0: Okay. So what I'm hearing you say then is, so for example, I write cozy mysteries. A a lot of my colleagues write cozy mysteries and cozies have like a hook, right? So it's, they're all about murder, but there's, you know, the protagonist might own a cheese shop. I have a friend who writes a cheese shop mystery. Um, you know, another one, one of my series has cat cafes. So niching down into those um, those hooks, the, the keywords that are associated with those hooks, and combining those with the actual murder and the mystery, those are what's going to get you a little bit more traction. Is that am I hearing that right?
1: Yeah, and I mean you're going to get less traffic because not as many people might be searching for cat murder mystery, but the people searching actually want to read your book, which is what matters. Yeah. Versus getting a bunch of traffic is great, but if it's not targeted and they're not finding what they're looking for, they're going to hit that back button and. That actually is a negative signal to Google, and then it's going to drop you down in ranking. So targeted traffic, Mm -hmm. quality over quantity. Just like with social media, you could have a big following on social, but if no one's engaging or purchasing, then it does no good. It's all about quality and make sure that you go after that. Really targeted, hyper-targeted traffic. The more targeted, the more they're going to resonate and want to stick and stay on your website and read and learn about whatever you're talking about. So, But also making more pages. So every book you have, creating a new page about that book, and then you can even write like blog posts about it that kind of like maybe like tease it or hype it up. And that's another way just to add more text, add more content to the website so you can target other variations of those keywords.
0: Okay. So what about social media? How how does an author use SEO in social media posts to kind of optimize and get you know get more people's eyes on their their stuff?
1: You could up put keywords. So keywords in the social media post is gonna kind of be what you gotta do because you can't really build backlinks for social media. So, what you wanna do is instead of looking at backlinks, well, social media sites are looking at content, meaning what are you posting, putting hashtags. Hashtags should again be like keywords. Don't just put like book or books, too broad, too general. You wanna put like at least two or more words. Less people are gonna be using murder mystery hashtag, but the people using it are gonna be more inclined versus someone just using the hashtag book or novel. Tons of people are using that, but how many people actually want to read The Murder Mystery? It's going to get you a lot of traffic that's not going to really convert, and we really want people to convert, meaning they buy your book or do whatever your specific conversion action you're trying to get them to do, sign up for your email list, but it's all about that targeted traffic. So social media, make sure you have good content. Put those keywords. You can use hashtags on pretty much every platform nowadays. Definitely some are more valuable than others like Instagram, Twitter, You definitely want to use hashtags, you can put them on Facebook or Pinterest. It's not bad to do it, but it's just not going to get the same traction as those other platforms will. Making sure that when you, I mean, most of the platforms, they want to look at engagement, how many likes, comments, retweets, shares, all that stuff helps out. So if you could get engagement, that really moves the needle versus just having keywords in there is great, but getting your followers to actually engage, that's what the social media platforms want, which is pretty tough nowadays reach is so low that unfortunately, most of these platforms yeah. are like pay to play. So if you're not advertising, yeah. you're not getting that exposure because they don't want you to get that free traffic anymore, especially like Facebook, I think it's like 5% of the people that like your page will ever see what you post. So if you have a hundred likes on your page mm-hmm. and you post on there, only five out of those hundred people will see what you post without you having to click that blue button that says boost this post up and essentially you're spending money. So getting followers, I mean, it's still important, but really these platforms, you got to pay to get some traction nowadays.
0: Yeah. So on a platform like Instagram, where hashtags are still used pretty widely, um, is it more important to have keywords in the hashtags or in the content itself or both?
1: Mm, Yeah, that one, I think it's more the hashtags because Instagram should be able to pick up Hashtag, if you put like murder mystery, they'll see hashtag murder mystery, but they should still be able to differentiate that. It's the word murder mystery. Try to capitalize the first letter of each word. That way it makes it a little bit easier. It stands out. But Mm -hmm. also if you're uploading like an image of your book or a video, make sure you name that image or file name before you upload it to those platforms with descriptive words and do this just in general for your website and for social. That If you have a cover of your book, don't just have it like book, dot JPEG, name it like something more descriptive, like cat murder mystery book or novel, because search engines, they look at the file name or social media platforms. They'll look at the file name.
0: Oh, that's really good to know. I, I actually, I don't think I realized that. So that's uh, so that's true for blog sites like WordPress too. Then they're, they're looking at all the names of all the images that you're putting up.
1: Yeah. Pretty much anywhere on the internet because images just become, file names or yeah so yeah. Google doesn't see the image they just see that that your file name and having it not just say image.jpg but having some descriptive words lets them better understand what that image is about. Also you could add an alt tag or alternative text depending on what platform you're on but if you upload an image like WordPress they usually say like, what's the title, description, caption but then they'll say alt text that's one that really matters for SEO is that alternative text and you can do that on Instagram and I think some of the social media platforms are starting to enable it, but that really helps out for usability and making sure that they can understand what that image is about. So basically, the file name and the alt text could be the same thing, just describing what that image is about.
0: Okay. That's really helpful. Um, What about like book descriptions and metadata? So can you explain the concept of metadata to people who might not, who've maybe heard the word, but just aren't familiar with it and what that means to your overall efforts?
1: Yeah, that's just going into the coding, which gets a little technical, but essentially websites or search engines can't read or see what we see on a website. They look at the coding for you to put keywords in different places. So there's all these different places that you can put keywords in there, but Most important really is content. Just adding content to your website. It's going to be easy. You don't have to require any coding or technical knowledge, but you do want to make sure you add what's called the SEO title tag, meta description on every single page on your website. It's going to be different for every platform you're on, so it's kind of tough to explain where to go. If you're on WordPress, I would just search like, how to add a SEO title tag on WordPress. If you're on Shopify, how to add a SEO title tag on Shopify, and we will show you how to do it. And basically the title tag is where you want to put as many keywords as possible without repeating yourself. You get 60 characters. After that, it kind of gets cut off by the search engines. And that becomes that blue clickable link when you're searching in Google. That blue clickable link is the SEO title tag. That black text underneath that blue clickable link in Google is the meta description. It's usually about 160 characters, and that's where you really just describe what that page is about and then maybe have a call to action. So, if it's a murder mystery book, you can kind of describe what that book is about. I mean, it's tough to do it in 160 characters, but really hyper big over- overview of what it's about, and then a call to action like buy now or read today or get a free sample or whatever you want to do to entice people because there's 10 clickable links on that first page of Google. And if you offer something for free or some incentive, that really helps out. I'm not sure what you really offer with the book, but like for e-commerce, you could say like free shipping or like for me, I do SEO. So I'm like call today for like a free consultation. So offering something to like hook people and want to get them to click on your link because there's 10 spots and it's easy to get lost in there.
0: Yeah, for sure. So as authors are starting out, you know, is there one specific tool that you would suggest they start using if they really want to start thinking about SEO and upping their game?
1: Mm, I mean, the best tool is for free. It's from Google. It's just searching on Google and seeing who's on that first page of Google for your keywords. Looking at their that blue clickable link, that SEO title tag, trying to figure out what keywords you are using in there, and then open up their websites and seeing you know, how much text do they have on every single page or on that page. Because if they're on that first page of Google, almost all those websites should have some text on that page. Big brands get preferential treatments like Amazon, Target. They're not going to have a big block of text, but small, medium-sized blogs, you'll see that they're going to have text all over that page. And you kind of figure out, all right, how much text is everyone writing? Is everyone writing 500 words? Then I should probably write about 500 words. If everyone's writing 5,000 words, I should probably put 5,000 words on that one page. And that's where you really got to spine the competition, see what they're doing, and incorporate what's working into your own website because if they're on that first page of Google, they're definitely doing something right. They didn't just get lucky. And if you could figure out what's working and put that into your website, that's going to get Google to treat you in a similar way. But it all takes time, so you have to be patient with it all. It doesn't happen right away. It takes a lot of time. But the nice thing about what we're talking about is you can kind of do the same thing for Amazon. So if you're on Amazon or Yelp or anywhere where there's a search engine, there's ways to optimize it. So like Amazon... Basically, it's kind of the same thing, like the title of your product. Most important thing, to put as many keywords as possible in there. Then those bullet points, you want to also make them really long and descriptive and have keywords in there. And then reviews, which can't really influence reviews, but it's not the number of reviews, but the number of reviews with keywords. So someone writes a review saying, great, so interesting, and gives you five stars. That's good, but it doesn't really help out if someone writes a review saying, I was reading this murder mystery and they were talking about cats and romance and animals and putting all these keywords in there. That's really what moves the needle for Amazon or even Yelp or Google Maps, all these platforms. They don't really look at the number of reviews, but they look at the keywords in those reviews. That really pushes you up.
0: Okay, so what you're saying is, in the in the case of SEO, writers shouldn't worry about getting a less than five-star review. They just need to worry about if the person mentioned all of the right things in the in the actual text. That's really pretty good much, news.
1: Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. It's all about those keywords in the review. It's all about relevancy. So the, if someone searching for a murder mystery novel, and you have that in the title of that Amazon page, you have it in the bullet points, so then there's reviews that mention that, then... Amazon's gonna be like, all right, this must be a murder mystery. So hopefully then they would rank you and get the sales going.
0: What about optimizing for voice search? Or, I mean, everyone should be pretty much optimized for mobile devices by now, but like, is there anything related to voice search that, you know, we need to know about? Um,
1: that one's just more sentences, phrases. So when people search on the computer, they're just gonna type in like murder mystery book. But if someone has a cell phone or any device where they're speaking to it. They're not going to just say murder mystery novel. They're going to say, give me the what's the best murder mystery novel in 2023, something like that, where it's a whole sentence. So basically, if you have that sentence on your website, Google sees that and will then rank you for it. So that's where you just got to figure out what questions are people searching and incorporate those into your website. You could search on Google for murder mystery novel, and there's like this people also ask section that appears. These are all like high search volume questions or phrases that people commonly ask. So if you could take those, copy the questions verbatim, and then answer them in your own point of view, then potentially you'll show up in there. And But unfortunately, with like voice search, they only pick one result. So it's a lot tougher where it's not gonna give you a list of 10 websites. It's just gonna be like, all right. Here's the number one murder mystery novel for 2023. So it's a little bit tougher to rank for those because it's just one person. But also, you want to add schema.org. It's a coding language that Google, Bing, Yahoo created like maybe like 10 years ago. But that's a way to like enhance your website. It's a little technical with schema. Nowadays, the nice thing with AI and ChatGPT is you can just tell ChatGPT, write me schema code, and they'll write the code for you. And then there's a tool called the Google validator or schema validator that'll make sure it's actually works because chat gpt is not accurate so half the time it's not going to work it's going to fail but you could test and validate it and that's really good because i don't know coding i don't think you want to learn coding because it's a lot and it takes a lot of time but nowadays using these tools you could use them to, to your advantage and definitely take advantage of those
0: yeah i'm really glad you mentioned chat gpt because you know that's been the topic of a lot of conversation for writers so and you know i've obviously play around with it and, you know, use it as a starting point for things, but it, you know, it is super generic. So what do you think about, you know, writers using that kind of tool to create any kind of copy and then, you know, kind of hoping that they're going to be ranking for SEO.
1: Google actually said a few months ago that they don't care who writes it, if it's human or AI, but in the past, they didn't want AI written content. Nowadays, I guess there's just no way to differentiate it because there's all these AI checking tools, but I'll have like, I'll have two, AI write bunch of content. These tools don't, can't tell the difference between if it's written by a human or AI, but I, for what I do, SEO, I need a lot of content. I have a lot of writers that I use to write content and don't want to use ChatGPT yet for that, because it's not accurate either. So Maybe it's like an outline, a starting point, but if you're just copying it verbatim, that's not going to do much good because yeah. it's not accurate. But it does help out, and in the future, the more people that use it, the more it's going to learn and the more accurate it's going to become. And But Google said, as long as your content is helpful, that's all that matters. So that's the number one thing: is just make sure that you write for people. Don't write for search engines. In the past, people just write for search engines, try to throw keywords in there all over the place. But just write for people. That's really what Google's is saying: is don't worry about us; just write for the humans.
0: Yep, I like that. That's a good. That's good advice. Um, so, how can People start to track the effectiveness of SEO efforts. You know, I mean, obviously, if your book sales start going up, that's great news. but how do you how can you track it right back to SEO? and you know are there any metrics that we should focus on when we're trying to do this?
1: Yeah, you definitely want to track it all. and there's another free tool from Google called the Google or Google Analytics. It's a free tool and that will show you how much traffic your website's getting, how many people come to your website, how long they stay on your website, what pages they visit. But that just shows you overall traffic. If you want to see SEO traffic, then there's another tool called Google Search Console. It's another free tool, and that one will show you pretty much everything related to SEO what keywords you rank for, if there's any errors, if your website's not mobile friendly, if it loads slowly, it'll tell you all these issues and errors. And both these tools are free. You have to install a tracking code to be able to get that data. So I would just, if you install Google Analytics, tracking code then google search console will automatically link up you don't have to keep installing these codes so sign up for google analytics get that tracking code install it on your website if you don't know how to do that just search on google how to install google analytics on then fill in the blank wix or how to install google analytics on squarespace and then it should only take like 30 minutes once it's installed then you're done and then it will start tracking and then you'll get that data and you'll see where your traffic's coming from, and you'll be able to make statistically informed decisions about your website, because then you can see this page gets the most traffic, but also 90% of the people that come to this page leave immediately, so then you can figure out all right, what's going on, why are people coming to this page and leaving immediately, maybe it doesn't look good on mobile, or maybe it loads slowly, or maybe there's some weird issue that you didn't know about, so analytics from Google is going to really help you just make a better website, make it perform better, and all that data is there for free to look at, so definitely take advantage of it.
0: So what if somebody's got somebody running their website, right? So somebody who created it, who's kind of managing it for them, um, or should writers expect that all of the web mavens out there know how to do this SEO stuff and are doing it for them? Uh,
1: I don't know. might be, but if they're building websites, if they're web developers and that's what they do is they build websites. They're not marketing it. So, but if you have someone that's a web developer and has a marketing team, then hopefully they're doing some of that. But again, of no, that stuff matters without building backlinks. So You can build a perfect website, make it load quickly, make it look good on mobile, have all the keywords in the right places, have all this content. But you don't have any backlinks, Google's not going to rank you. So any web developer, they're not going to build backlinks for you. Maybe some might, but most are not going to because it just takes so much time. And it's really tough and tedious. I mean, that's probably where I spend 80% of my time is building backlinks. Because backlinks are just so very important to Google. That's how Google's algorithm started. And it's still heavily based off backlinks. I mean, it's changed a lot over the years, how they look at them. but. Still primarily based off backlinks, getting that trust.
0: So how do authors kind of stay on top of the trends? You know, it sounds like one more thing, right, that, you know, in addition to writing the books, marketing the books, doing all the things, right, now we have to think about SEO. So what's the easiest way to kind of stay on top of this, in your opinion?
1: I mean, for the most part, as long as you're not doing anything weird or shady or that seems like a shortcut, then you don't really have to worry too much because Google's just updating their algorithm to stop people gaming the system, stop spammers, things like that. But as long as you're not doing anything that seems weird or could be potentially harmful, then you shouldn't have any issues. But there's websites like Search Engine Land, Search Engine News, Search These are all blogs that keep up to date with all the changes. But you also join like Facebook groups are pretty good nowadays. There's like forums, but Facebook groups are pretty active. So that's a good way and just kinda just trying to test, trying things out. Talking to the people that do SEO or talking to all the authors and seeing what's working for them, what's not working, and just trying to bounce ideas and collaborate as much as possible because the more you work together, the more you'll be able to benefit and try to figure out what's really going on behind the scenes with Google.
0: I love that. So, what's all right? So, somebody wants to just start today. What's the first thing they should do, like the easiest step they can take to just get? on this journey and feel like they're going to start making some kind of meaningful change?
1: Probably the content. Just adding more text to every single page on the website. One of the most important things. Content is king. Ever since I've been doing SEO since 2007, that's what everyone would tell me, is content is the most important thing. And content is really text. So having that text on every single page on your website is going to really help out. It just has to be original. You can't copy it from one page or another. It has to be 100% original and just make sure it offers value. And that's really going to move the needle the fastest.
0: So more is better in this case?
1: For the most part. So again, you want to search on Google for your keywords, see who's on the first page of Google, open up all the websites, and kind of average out how much text are they writing. Are they writing 500 words? Then write 550 words. They're so writing 1,000 words, write 1,100 words. So doing a little bit more than you're competent.
0: OK, I love that. All right. Any final thoughts for authors or anyone else who's listening who might be interested in in SEO?
1: Yeah, I mean, just patience with it all. Or just trying to not, it all takes time. So don't expect immediate results. I mean, sometimes you go viral and just get that immediate traction. But you got to build it up and build it up and build it up. And over time, you're going to see those rankings start coming in. But it does take a lot of time. And that's where you just try to find more niche, less competitive keywords. That just helps speed everything up because the more competitive the keywords are the more time it's going to take and it could take six months on average it could be a year it could be longer than that it could be shorter if you find really niche keywords and there's less competition then you get up there much quicker but just gotta be patient and keep working at it and you'll see yourself moving up those rankings
0: awesome this has been super helpful because i know you know authors kind of get overwhelmed by All of the things, right? Having to write the book and then having to think about all the things to get it sold. But if you don't get it sold, then what's the point in the first place? So this has been really helpful. I think this is a great um, opportunity for writers to really stop and think about how they're setting up their websites, setting up their social media, and really just paying attention to how they're marketing themselves and getting more eyes on their stuff. So thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thanks for having me on today.
0: So how was that, guys? I hope that gave you a lot to think about. And definitely, I would encourage you go to his website, seooptimizers.com slash gift and check out the free masterclass that they're offering. Um, and there's also tons of resources on his website. I know that he also offers a free consult. So definitely check it out. The more attention that you can pay to SEO and how your website is set up and showing up, uh, the better it's going to be for you and your book sales. You know, I'm a marketer in my day job, and this is something that I've been learning a lot about on multiple fronts for the past number of years. And, you know, it's not going to happen overnight, but if you start paying attention to it, it can really start to make a difference in who's seeing your content and, you know, how much money you're spending on paid ads and all of the things. So I hope this helps. Thank you for tuning in. I'd love to know what you thought of the episode you can send me a DM on Instagram and let me know, or head over to kateconti.com and send me a message through my website. And again, if you enjoyed the episode, please rate it, review it and subscribe to the podcast. I would love that. So you don't miss an episode. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next week.